LeBron scored 30 last night in his return to Miami, but Cam Reddish missed a corner three near the buzzer. Pete hung on 108-107 as the Lakers again lost Anthony Davis to injury. Though what he said was a hip spasm didn't sound too serious. He said it'll be back Wednesday, but here we win again. Flashpoint of the game came in the final seconds. Lakers down one, LeBron with the ball in his hands. He drove right on Jimmy Butler with Bam lurking, drove it deep toward the baseline, then jumped past across the lane into the far corner to an open Cam Reddish, whose three did miss with about four seconds left. Here's what Austin Reeves had to say afterward. His whole career, he's been, you know, killed for making the right play um, late games instead of shooting. And, you know, that's, you know, who he is. And everybody's, you know, um, not love that about him, but that's who he continues to be. And he trusts his teammates. And, you know, as soon as he walked into the locker room, um, you know, he dapped everybody up and went straight to Cam and was like, nah, that's a good shot. Like, we, if it, you know, situation like that happens again we're gonna give it right back to you and you're gonna knock it down so um you know it's that's major you know it's happened to me in the past um with braun and it's just a you know like you said a a sense of you know um confidence um self-belief you know that he you know bleeds into you you know in moments like that Keyshawn, did you like the decision lebron made yeah it was the right decision and the only decision Right. You had Jimmy Butler squeezing him down. Then you had Bam sneaking over the top. If it's a better shot, in my opinion, for Cam Reddish to pull that three opposed to LeBron trying to shoot the ball off the top of the backboard in hopes that it fall in. And the reason I say top of the backboard, because with Bam coming and Jimmy Butler glued to him, he now has to shoot the ball so high to get it up over Bam. And now you say, well, he could just lean into him and hope to get a foul because they only needed the one or, or the one point, obviously, to tie the two to win it. Yep. That's that that is where the naysayers get caught looking at the scoreboard and saying, well, you only need two. You only, why would you go for three? It's a bad shot at that point in time. So when you got a clean look and you make the right play, you give it and trust your teammate to knock it down. Because if Cam Reddish knocks it down, the conversation is. Oh, LeBron made the right play. Just like Austin Reeves said, he's been doing the same thing his entire career. But they don't, people don't look at where he is attempting to take the shot from. Mm. He's literally right there with two dudes lurking on top of him. Mm. So you pass the ball. You do. He, oh, he's scared to shoot the free throw. He was four for four last night at the line. Mm. Why would he be afraid to shoot a free throw? I don't know. What, what do you mean? Maybe, you don't maybe know? because since he entered the league, nobody has missed as many late and close game free throws oh, as LeBron James. Oh, skip, stop. Because nobody has taken as many. Thank you. Nobody has taken as many. This Come is LeBron at the late game free throw no, line. No, he's not. You, yeah. you, you, think he's, you think he's driving to the hole saying, oh, please, I hope they don't <laughs> foul me because if I go to the line, then I'm scared I'm going to miss. Yes. Again, again, Keith. With, with Skip, he is damned if he do, damned if he does not. Because if he if he takes the shot and misses it, Skip's like, oh, he didn't he, he didn't make the shot in the clutch. He passes it to the open guy, he misses it. See, LeBron doesn't want to take the shot. 
He passed it to him, wide open. I, I'm pretty sure that's the play Darvin Ham drew up because it didn't even look like when LeBron went up, he was planning on shooting it. He already had that plan in his head to go to the corner. He saw him close on Christian Wood. He was on Christian Wood's back um, being boxed out. He saw the right play that should be made. That's the way they drew it up. Cam Reddish has to make the shot. But for some reason, guys get Lakers jerseys on and forget how to shoot. Guys get Lakers jerseys on and play with LeBron James, and all of a sudden, they could be 39, 40% three-point shooters, and all of a sudden, they're shooting 33%. I don't understand it. I don't know if it's the bright lights. I don't know if it's the gravity of LeBron James and how, how tough that, that spotlight is, but, I mean, it has to improve because that was a good open NBA shot. NBA player, corner three, the, the shortest place you can shoot a three from. Mm-hmm. Bang, hit the shot. Game's over. We're winning. We're talking about having a different conversation about how LeBron James, again, has 30 points and makes the right play at the end of the game. But he misses a shot, and we're sitting here saying, oh, well, Skip's going to say LeBron James should have shot it. Yeah, he, mm. can't, he, couldn't kick, he couldn't kick it back out to mm. Austin Reeves because they closed on him. So that was the only visual that he was able to get it across to Cam Reddish. Mm. Come, come on now, Skip. Mm. Well, I haven't spoken yet, have I? No, I'm, I'm okay. telling you. Come on. Okay. Let me did, hear you. Did I kill him last night on Twitter? I did not. But I will say this. You love the, the line in our Good Morning opening song by our man Lil Wayne about let's have a Jordan and LeBron debate, right? You love that. Don't you love that line? Yes, I, okay. I love that well, line. It's it, one of the coldest lines ever just because thank you. people have the conversation all the time about LeBron versus MJ. Okay, it's sacrilegious to even have the conversation because under that circumstance last night, Michael Jordan, the man I got to know, the man I covered in Chicago in 1998 during the last dance season, if you put the ball in his hands at that point in time in a regular season game at Miami, I guarantee you he's going to create a shot because he's going to shoot the shot. He doesn't want any cam He might pull up at the elbow. He might pull up at the elbow. He's going to pull up at the elbow. He's going to pull up at the elbow. That's that's his patent shot. Once LeBron drove it deep toward the baseline, there's no way out, obviously, and you have to make the jump pass. I I always call him. He is still, to this moment, the best passer in basketball. Nobody, to me, is even close to him passing the basketball because he has the highest IQ in basketball. But help me out here. If we took the Lakers roster, and it is depleted by injury as we speak, but if we went down the roster on opening day, just before opening day, and I said, Keyshawn, Richard, you guys grew up Laker fans, who do you want taking a game-winning three? I think you would have put Cam Reddish at or near the bottom of that list because he's never been a Laker before, and he doesn't have much history in this league because he has struggled in this league since he left Duke to find his way and find his place. So the last guy on the roster to me who gets to play any significant minutes that I want taking that shot is Cam Reddish. So who are you blaming? Are okay. you are you blaming right, LeBron? So or are you blaming Dar- okay. Darwin Ham who drew Darwin it out? Right. So this is what 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 do I also call LeBron James? He is the greatest driver of the basketball I've ever seen, and it ain't even close. You want to talk about freight train? Nobody can freight train like LeBron. So. This is just me. It's an easy second guess, but you have time to think this through because you got the highest IQ in basketball. If you take Jimmy to the elbow and then you cross over and, and you go left-handed because LeBron can really drive it left-handed. I think he's stronger going left than right. 
But how am I going left-handed when the dude is on my outside, he's on my inside hip? I I'm, I'm going to cross, cross him over. I'm going to cross him over <laughs> before I get to the elbow, and I'm going to power down the lane, and I'm going I to force got a few seconds, I'm going, No, you got plenty of time. No, you, you don't. Yes, you do. You got you do plenty not. of time. Stop yeah. it. You're asking me to okay. cross a dude over when he's on my backside, yeah. on my inside you, you hip. You cross him over. He's going to have to play off you a little bit. And I then, can't then cross you go. Then you go down the lane, and guess what? Bam might be smaller than LeBron James. I think LeBron might be a little bigger than Bam. So if you get to challenge Bam at the rim, what are the odds he's going to have to foul you? What are the odds? Help me out. It, it, what are it, the odds? If, if you Jimmy, get him up in the air, he's going to have skip, to foul you. If Jimmy Butler is pushing you to his help, okay, he's pushing mm -hmm. you to the help. No, the help Le is behind Le him. Actually. He's pushing you to it, though. No, he's, he's not forcing pushing, he's you. He's trying to push you out of the he's lane. There's no help you. to the right. He's forcing you to the help because mm -hmm. the help is coming right behind him. What are you talking about? No, he I'm cannot playing. cross him over with his back Just turned to him. change your path and go down the middle of the lane because nobody can stop you. Jim, listen, Jimmy is not big and strong enough to stop yeah. LeBron and keep him from the lane. He just isn't, never has been. Has always struggled trying to guard LeBron, keeping him from the basket. But if you just drive right-handed and you go down the side of the lane, sure, they're going to trap you down near the baseline and you're going to have to jump pass out of it. Okay, so now let's look at the bigger picture of the game. What happened down the stretch of this game? I want to frame this by saying, would you believe that the last shot that the Miami Heat made, the last field goal they made, was 4.15 left in the game? Are you believing this? 4.15. They made a technical free throw at 3.50. That was the last single point they scored, and that made it the 108 that they wound up with. They had nine straight possessions in which they didn't score. They went turnover, turnover, miss three, turnover, miss layup, miss three, miss three, miss three, turnover. These are nine straight possessions. They are begging for the Lakers to win this game. Begging. Here, 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 here. You guys take it. And let's look now at the last five Laker possessions because there's a bigger picture here because I thought the Lakers should have taken over much sooner. It shouldn't have come to that last shot. And let's see what happens. Let's start with 214 left. LeBron pulls up on the deep wing and takes a three that I thought was ill-advised. I think you can get a better shot than that. That's a deep three, and he's, he's falling back and dancing on his right foot. Okay, so that's the first one. I, I don't love this. And now we've got 157 left. LeBron does decide to power it, but whoops. Guess who stands right in front of him? A little six-footer named Kyle Lowry just says, I'll take this charge, and LeBron charges. Okay, so you lose another possession. Then my man Austin Reeves that I said could help be the closer for this team he, he's got, he fakes his defender up and under and shoots it long on the three. And then LeBron feeds him and gives him a great pass, a little behind-the-back flip. Here, this is still the one up and under. This is the one you have to make if you're Austin Reeves. This is the one they paid you your money to make. Behind the back, and it's pretty wide open, and he, he leaves shoot it the short. Three. He was eight for three yeah. last night. He, didn't, he just didn't, it yeah. didn't fall for him. Okay, but it hasn't really been falling all year except for the other night and, in overtime. And how many times do we have conversations about LeBron James' teams yeah. starting slow? Okay. Well, How many times? They've fallen to, what, three and four? Three and four. They're three, three and four. four. Yeah. Three and four is seven games into an 82-game season. Yep. Okay. Come on now. And they're beat up because they don't have Gabe Vincent. And you want to talk about a clutch shooter? I would have loved Gabe Vincent, former Miami Heat, if LeBron had been Gabe able to Vincent jump past to Gabe Vincent. Yeah, in the, in the deep corner. 
They don't have Jared Vanderbilt. They don't have Hachi. Yes. D'Lo got kicked out yeah, last yes. night with two techs. And then Anthony Davis, what did he wind up playing before he uh, went out? 25 uh, minutes. Okay. Hachi um, Moore is the only one I would, um, I would say would have, would have put him in a better position. And I, I would have felt better taking that shot of the guys that you just named because Gabe Vincent hasn't shot well as a Laker. I think he's only made two three-pointers. But, but um, Richard, in, in he's got track record. He's, he's got big game he, he, track I, record. I, I, I look, I hear Ooh. you, but Lakers big game track record and what you did on other teams is totally different. And that's what yeah, seems to be the case for a lot of guys. When you get in the Lakers record. jersey, yeah. I hear you, but you get in the Lakers jersey, all that goes out the window. No, you all of true. a sudden can't can't find the freaking basket. You can't find the hole. Um, you can't shoot the three, and it's frustrating. I've been a Lakers fan my entire life, and I've seen it happen over and over and over and over yep. again. We get guys who are great three-point shooters, and then you look up and you're like, bro, what happened to this guy? All you did different was put on a Lakers jersey and move to L.A. Now you can't shoot? Why? Why? And, and we're, we're going to keep blaming LeBron James because Austin Reeves is struggling and because Cam Reddish misses that shot. You said LeBron took a bad three, but, I mean, nobody else is making it. It was an open look. He was was an open look. You can do better than I, that. I, I, you got to close it. You got to close it. You got a shot. He probably could have put the ball on the floor, yep. but it was such a clean look. When you get that look like that and you have confidence in yourself, you pull the trigger. If you don't pull the trigger, those are the shots that you miss. Okay. You miss more shots by not pulling the trigger. All right, so LeBron was 0 for 4 from 3 last night, and he has fallen back now to 32.5%. No one ever said, three. no one ever claimed, Skip, LeBron James and Steph Curry or Klay Thompson shooting the basketball. Well, so I mean, stop now, trying now, why to... did you go to the top? I, I mean, he's not even. Okay, so what do you want me to go to the middle? He's, he's not even he, Cam Reddy. You want me to go the to the basketball? middle? I yeah. mean, like, it, it, we know, Skip. That he's not a great three-point shooter. Thank you. We know that. And that that's, you're not saying anything and he's shooting, to us that we don't know. He's shooting 65% from the free throw line. He's never been a very good free throw shooter or three-point shooter. He was shooter. four for four at the free throw line last mm -hmm. night. Okay, but he's still at 65%. Okay. You like that? No, I wanted to go up. Okay. Go up to the get me into the 70s. Right, so, so help me out. How could he be even in the same conversation with Michael Jordan when he's a lousy free throw shooter and a lousy three point shooter by his standards? Because How he played for because he played for 21 years and he leads the in, NBA all time in scoring and is what top four in assists. Yeah. Like as Skip, I, as I he's got the most to, playoff minutes. Yeah. Keep going, Richard. Go. On. Mm. Do you think uh, for mm. most finals minutes, most finals points? Like, I mean, Skip, we can go down the list of every, every record he has. Because, All longevity. Yeah, it, Congratulations. 100%. But why, why hasn't anybody else had that kind of longevity and, and done what he's done? As you always try to create this conversation around LeBron and Michael Jordan, as I continue to tell you since I've been working here with you, I'm not starting a basketball great conversation without talking about Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, period. If you're going to start, you start there. Yeah. Then let's get into Michael and, and LeBron and Kobe and everybody else. Okay. But let's start with the cap. Okay. To was, begin with. was the cap called Cap Dunn? Was he a great leader of the Lakers? I, a different type of leader. Okay. He, he was a different type of leader. What happened? He, he in, was at a time and an era yeah. where social justice was something on his mind, Definitely. as you know. Oh, he was, was just it? a different, you know, he was just a different dude. Yeah. He was just a different type of cat. Okay. You know, he wasn't one of the. Leaders like Magic Johnson. Magic was the leader of the Lakers. Thank Cap you. was Cap. Yep. He just was the Cap. So if he you looked look a certain at, way, they didn't say nothing to him. Know, that was if, it. If you look at the five years he played for the Lakers before Magic got drafted, mm -hmm. 
They weren't very good. Okay. Okay. They All twice right. missed the playoffs okay. in those five we years. Can, we can yeah. spin it and have an argument about Michael Jordan that I love. It's a dear friend of mine. But we could have that conversation and argument about before MJ got Scottie Pippen, he couldn't get out the playoffs into the finals. We can have that conversation. You know the teams he kept running up against? I don't care. I don't care. You, and you know the teams that the cap was running up against back then? Mm. So you, you, we can have All it many different. Teams. We can yeah. have it many different ways. Do you remember what Michael did to the Boston Celtics? Yes, in game he scored sixty-five and he 63. crossed over sixty-three yeah. and he crossed over. Do do do. Licked yeah. his tongue out. I get all that. Yeah. As you would say, okay, I got it. Okay, it was, remember what Larry Bird said after that game? Again, won by yes, the Celtics. He I, said I, that was. Yeah. Jesus, I, 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 we can we can right? sit here and talk about LeBron being down three-one to the greatest team yes. statistically, uh, record-wise in the history of the NBA, and coming back and winning that series, et cetera, et cetera. And here you'll say it was Draymond Green got suspended, and you'll make excuse after excuse. So no excuse. we're not going to we're not going to wait. I, who, I mean, we're not going to agree. Who hit the closing <laughs> shot in Game Seven? Who I can't. Does it matter? Oh, LeBron's team. Oh, wait, it was Kyrie. I, I don't know. But, but that's Kyrie's job. Oh, they, oh they so have, he's the closest. That's his job. His job is, hey, I got an open look. I'm going to close this thing out. Okay. What's so, wrong with that? Why is that? Right. Why is that such a problem to so you? That's really talk, what I want to know. What, what do you mean, problem? Why is it such a problem that Kyrie so scored when, to close when, it out when and Steve, not LeBron? When Steve, Kerr, when Steve Kerr scores a shot to close out for, for the Bulls, yeah. it's not a problem. <laughs> it's not a problem at all, but... When, no. when Kyrie does it for but whatever. Okay, but that was the play that Michael called in the huddle. They're both coming to me, so I'm going to give it to you, and you are going to make this shot. So LeBron didn't have nothing to do. LeBron didn't have nothing to do with Kyrie making the shot. Well, I don't think there was a call play. You I don't think Kyrie think just, just said. He just did it. Well, he just did. Oh, if you okay. go back and look, the ball just moved around. There was no call play. It didn't come out of a timeout. All right, maybe, maybe, they are, said, maybe they already this. knew that that's what they were going to okay, do. Okay, so here's the point. If we bring it back current, yes. last year's Lakers really struggled to close games. Yes. I thought Austin Reeves could help because against Denver in the four fourth quarters that they had chances to win and blew all four, Austin Reeves made eight out of ten shots and seven out of eight threes. With the new pressure on him, the new spotlight on him as sort of a new part of the quote-unquote big three. I can't even go there. But the point is, I thought Austin could rise and shine. He did the other night in overtime. Remember LeBron after the game going up and hugging him and screaming in his ear? Go win the game, which is what he had told him to do before overtime started. And Austin did go win the game. Last night, they're being begged by the home team to just go ahead and take this game and go on with it, and they can't close. That, that's horrendous that, that Miami goes for the last 4.15 and doesn't make a bucket, not, not for 4.15, and you can't overcome that? That's just wrong. I don't care how injury-riddled you are. Either you or Austin, LeBron or Austin Reeves, has got to close that deal, and neither did. Okay. It, it, Simple it, it, as that. It, it, you're seven games in, man. Yeah. What, you want him to be undefeated right now? Just another game. You want him to be 7-0? It's, it's a pattern. Okay. Should, do, do you think the Lakers should have won that game last night? I yes. do. Yes. I do think yes. they should have won. But I yes. think they should have won all their games, if you're asking me. Okay. But last night, yeah, you really, in all objectivity, do you think they should have won that game? Yeah, they should have won the game. Yes, they didn't. You. But I also am looking at it objectively and saying, it's seven games in, Skip. Mm. You, you want to put this, apply this pressure to LeBron James so bad. No. Like, I, yes, you do. Pressure. Yes, you do. 
You no. want to stress, you want to make it seem as though <clears throat> LeBron can't ever make a shot. He can't ever close games out. He no. can't ever do this. Like, it's just... Uh, no, it just happens and you want to sweep it under your little carpet no, no, over nobody, there. Nobody's no, nobody's sweeping it under the carpet. No, I mean, that guy misses the shot. Yeah. Wide I open shots, I said it was Jeff. a great I mean, pass. There yeah. was nothing he could do. Okay, it was nothing he could do. Are you, he, are you glad that Cam Reddish was the the recipient of that pass? Who else are you, glad? Who else are you gonna give it to? You can't give it to Austin Reeves. They closed on him. Okay, who else are you he gonna give it to? It to? The open man. He threw it to the open yeah, man. I just like a lot of other sh- uh, shooters uh, ahead of him in that what spot. What shooters? Who? Christian who on Wood. The floor? Christian Wood's been shooting the lights out. If Christian okay. Woods was was wide open in the corner for three, I'm sure LeBron would have passed the ball. Yep. Okay. Cam Reddish. It was pretty much predictable he was going to miss that shot. Oh, so, now, so now you can predict who's going to miss and make. Well, you can just look at their track record and their circumstance. And to Richard's point, it's hard. It, it, I think Richard's talking about all of Laker history. It's hard for a newcomer to make a shot. <clears throat> I think it's even harder to make a shot when LeBron passes you the ball because you feel like, Wait, this guy is the greatest scorer in the history of this league, and he just passed me the ball, and I'm supposed to make this. Nobody is worried well, about that, man. Yes, you call it, you, you, no, you're I'm thinking LeBron just passed me I the ball. I am a damn professional, man. Oh, I'm going to do my it. job, and if it hits, it goes in. Damn if not, Reddish? I'm ready to take the next you shot when I get the opportunity. You do the circumstance? Man, stop, Skip. This is not the finals. This is the seventh game of a regular season, not the seventh game right. of the finals. So Keyshawn just keeps saying, oh, it's just one game. It's just one game. <laughs> it's one game. Okay. Well, it's three and four. They got seven it. games. There All LeBron go. team starts slow. Yeah. They start pattern. slow. Well, that's not true. I've seen some start. Uh, I've, never, I've never seen them start fast and, and wind up 8-0, 9-0, 10-0. I've seen them slowly, mm. slow, right. especially when he got At new bodies. At least they're not 3-10 we, we last year, so, you mm. know, I mean. Oh, yeah. well, 3-10 last well, year, so that, that sounds yeah. slow to me. Now it's your turn. You can reach us with your thoughts, pro or con, hashtag Undisputed Live. Here we go. First tweet. This is what... Jeffrey is doing in late game situations the real right basketball play. Yeah, I, I, I know that shot. I know lots of those shots. See, I don't have anything to say right yeah. there, though. That's a diff- different defensive look. His back wasn't to the basket. He saw it the entire time to his right. I appreciate that. I appreciate that's his shot. Cold like blooded I said, he killer. pull up from there. The coldest it blooded killer who ever played but basketball. Skip, you and I both can find clips where he missed that same shot. Yeah, he missed a few. Yes. He made a whole bunch of them. Oh, All right, well. tweet two. Coming up short in big moments, a Dallas Cowboys tradition. You got me. Short <laughs> and short. You got me on both of them. Yep. Oh, man. Just one inch away. God. From immortality. They got some means for the Cowboys, boy. Well, and tweet That's three. That's immortality to beat in Philly? Yeah. What would it take for a LeBron fan to say, LeBron should have shot it? How about stop dribbling into bad positions to shoot? Okay. Well, that, Point that, taken. That, 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 Point that taken. might be some fairness yeah, to that. Yeah. But, but yeah. I want to be clear, Skip. Yeah. And Richard, which you already know, mm. I try to be objective. You, Skip, on right. the other hand, you, you just, try to be objective. Very objective. That's very. oxymoronic. Oh, you mean like with yeah. the Cowboys and you? Yeah. Like we getting ready to do right now? Yeah. Oh, okay. I think I'm 
painfully objective when it comes to my team. Is that why everybody? Is that why everybody that I run Delusional. into that watch our show yeah. says, "What the hell is Skip talking about?" Well, you mean the three people you run into? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he yeah. has a very exclusive crowd. Skip. Yeah, I got yeah, it. I got yeah. It. All right. Who was that? Your son, maybe? Did he? He even that? said, "My son even says yeah. what is Skip what talking about." What the hell is he talking yeah. about? Yeah, he's just spitting truth. That's okay. All right, speaking of those Cowboys, always coming up short, here's what Micah Parsons had to say after Sunday's 28-23, I'm going to emphasize this word, loss, loss in Philly. Thank you. We know we played good enough to win that game, but we didn't. That's just how the dice is rolled sometimes. Um, sometimes you play good enough and good enough ain't never good enough. And that's just the reality of the game. I mean, I feel like we got even more confidence now. Okay, this is just me. (laughs) Micah is the best player on this team. To me, he's the emerging leader on this team. Given that, I did not love Micah saying what you just heard. Keyshawn, can you defend him? I I, I can't because that is post-game. And and, and whatever, whenever it started circulating, Skip, that's a post-game comment. That's not yesterday. That's not the day before. That's a post-game comment after the game. And he feels a certain way, okay? They can certainly learn a lot from this loss. They can take this loss and build up on it. I've been in locker rooms where we lost to teams countless year and year and year and year, and we just continued to build on that to the point where we got over that hump. They can do it. I have no problem with him becoming the emerging leader of this football team because ain't nobody else going to say nothing. Yeah. Your quarterback will certainly act like, well, you know, we just got to continue to just keep plucking away. Mm-hmm. Like, that's that's what you want to hear? You want to hear that? You know, CeeDee Lamb doesn't talk. No. Right? Does he talk? Not much. Stephon Gilmore doesn't talk. No. Right? Diggs isn't there. The running back Pollard doesn't talk. No. So what's wrong with Michael Parsons being the leader, the emerging leader of the team and saying, look, okay, this, this is a loss that we certainly could have won. There's nothing wrong with that. So he's on, he's on this damned if he do, damned if he don't list with you again. That's what it sounds like to me. Like, what do you want him to say? You want to show a little anger that you lost the football game? Maybe just a touch? You don't think that that, yeah. you don't think by saying that, you don't think by saying what he said is enough? What no, is he supposed to do? No. Slam his helmet? No. He got a long season to go still. It's the middle of the season, Key. Skip. All right, go, Richard. And Key, I would be okay if Dak said it. I really would. I'd be okay. Dak said felt like, hey, we outplayed him today because he did. He played He played a fantastic ball game. And Micah Parsons in the first half, sack and a half, big impact. Cool. I, I got you. But you did not make plays down the stretch. You were not better down the stretch. You made mistakes down the stretch. You gave up 28 points. You gave up 14 points in the second half. So you, you don't get to say that at that point. If you held this team to 12 points, 10 points, maybe even 15 points, as a defensive player, you said – Hey, we feel good about this. We, 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 we feel like we got them on their heels. Feel like we were, we were the better team today. And we just, we just didn't get enough from the other side of the ball. You could say something like that. But all, honestly, the offense is probably saying, hey, this is supposed to be an elite defense. We didn't get enough from you guys this game. We were moving the ball down the field. We had some chances. But if we would have got elite play turnovers from our defense that we expect from our defense that has led the league, and turnovers, as Skip so eloquently points out, week in and week out for yep. the last two years, then we could win this game. But it always seems like in these big games, when it's when they have, have to have it, 
They don't get those same kind of turnovers. Against the good teams, when they need to have it, they don't get those same kind of turnovers. But when they're playing the New England Patriots, who've only won two games this season, when they're playing the Arizona Cardinals, who, who they lost to, when they're playing teams, the Jets, when, when Zach Wilson's coming in for, for Aaron Rodgers the next game, like they all of a sudden can get all these turnovers. But when it's a real game against an opponent that, that is evenly or better matched for you, then you don't get the same turnover. So I would feel better if they had gotten more turnovers and played the game they usually play and held this team under 20 points, then I would I would feel better about him saying that. But what did he say that was so wrong? I don't understand what he said that was so wrong, though. Uh, Richard, because I you said you're more you're more confident after taking an L than you were before taking an L. Because That's let, me, crazy. Let, me, let me tell you something. <clears throat> I took an L to the Philadelphia Eagles in the divisional right of the regular season. The regular season. We took an L toward the end of the season. We certainly knew what we did wrong. We have the confidence to know when we go back into Philly in the NFC Championship game, we're going to see the Raiders in San Diego because of the little things that you learn from. <coughs> All of a sudden, they go zero blitz. Bobby Taylor jumps way inside. I push up to run the slant. Guess what? Ball runs I run right into him. So next time when they go casino blitz, I'm going to take one step and house call it. You learn from those things. That's all he's saying. That's Here's, all he's saying. Let me take this. Here's what was wrong with what Micah said. And Richard was going there, and I'm going to go way there. The offense went up and down the field most of the game. In the fourth quarter, the offense took the game over because it was 151 yards passing to three yards. And Philly had the ball three times in the fourth quarter and went three and out all three times, which is why Dallas in the fourth quarter had 14 first downs to Philly's zero, 14 to zero in the fourth quarter alone. The problem is you have to play all four quarters. And again, to Richard's point, if I look hard at what the defense didn't do, here's what the defense didn't do. On Philly's opening drive, the defense could not stop Philadelphia because they went 77 yards in 13 plays to make it 7 to nothing. No, I'm sorry, not having it. If you're who I thought you were, you're not going to allow that on the opening drive. Then the next drive starts all the way out at the 40-yard line because our kicker, and he's young, and I got it, and he's made a lot of bombs, but he bombed that one right out of bounds. He duck-hooked the, the kickoff out of bounds. You just can't do it at Philadelphia, not in a game of this magnitude because it's the kind of mistake that will lose the football game because you gave them a shorter, not a short field, but a short field because they got to start from the 40 and they went 60 yards and 11 plays and it's 14 that they're up and then we we go to the third quarter he goes 29 yards to Devonte for the touchdown but once again they had a shorter field because they got to start at their 40 yard line why was that because Rashawn Evans comes off the practice squad, and I guess he wants to make a little splash, and he goes illegal hands to the face on the kickoff. Remember that? And it's a 15-yard penalty. They call it a face mask penalty. And all of a sudden, Philly is first and 10 at its 40-yard line. And then finally, also in the third quarter, Philly drives it 87 yards in 11 plays, last four yards to A.J. Brown for the touchdown. 
And that's 28 points. That's a lot of points. I I thought it would be a a little lower scoring game than that if they're going to win that game. So Micah has to take some responsibility for those four drives that resulted in four touchdowns. And you can't say after the game, we played good enough to win this game because, no, you didn't. You gave up 28 points on four drives. That's not I I don't want to hear that. I want to hear a little bit of anger, a a real emotional anger, because I grew up around these teams that would throw fits after losing a game like that. So you don't think the Cowboys now, two days later, you don't think the Cowboys play because yesterday you certainly thought they played good enough to win the game. Now that Micah says it, yeah. you have a problem no, I'm, with I'm it. Talk, it's different for me. I'm not the leader of the football team. I'm not the best player on the team. I understand that, but if, he, but if he feels that they played good enough, the, 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 the touchdown to Devontae Smith, that was great coverage by that young man, Bland. Yeah, I, that was okay. a hell of a throw. Wait, you, and you even argued a better with me catch. yesterday. You no. said Bland didn't cover it. No, no, I, said, I said it was I a said perfect he, throw. I said he bombed him because I have to do that to oh, you. I have oh, to do that to oh, you. Oh, so but, now you're admitting but, if their coverage was good, that's good. That's really no, good coverage, man. Jalen but but the throw was ridiculous. The throw was giving up twenty-eight points. Giving eight twenty. Good. Giving up twenty-eight points as a defensive player, as a high caliber defensive player, one of the best in the game right now. He is. You don't. You 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 got to say, hey, we got to get better. We can't give up twenty-eight points. We can't I, give up 28 I, I, points. I understand Our offense that, played Richard. well enough to win this game. I understand no, that. And you though, don't Richard, because you're saying defense, you're okay with what he's saying. Uh, because he's learning from the mistakes that they made. Y'all want to jump on the kid. The kid is just saying, kid, we play good kid. enough to win. We're going to see them again. We're going to make the adjustments that we need to make. Now, if they go out there you, again and they hang 28-plus on them and they lose, that's a different conversation. It's a different they, conversation. They, they, it, they, did it, they did it this game. So it's like, I, I, you, you got to learn from your mistakes. Been, this ain't the I first played, time you played I this team. I played on one of the greatest defense in NFL history with five 100%. or six Hall of Famers on it. And I watched yep. teams score 28 points on us. I watched the Indianapolis and you didn't watch them. you didn't watch them come after the game and say, we feel more confident after this game after giving up 28 points. No, they say we're pissed off. And we're well, sitting there I saying, mean, we got to do better Everybody approaches it different, though, Richard. Everybody delivers the message different. You want him to go and burst a hole through a wall? Everybody approaches no, it different. No. I, no, I just want him to say we can play better than that. Not, I feel more confident than I going into this game. No, you have to play better than that. You can't, as a defense, you as a leader think, of this defense. You don't defense, think he knows we, that he needs to play better? You don't think that he I knows don't. That? I'm sitting okay. here listening to him say, take no accountability. I, I, I would believe, I believe, Skip and Richard, that the young man knows that he can't tell off in the late quarters of games, like he's been doing a lot of his career, that he needs to step up and close it out. I think he understands that. I really do. But maybe I'm wrong. I, I, don't, I don't know what he's showing to, to make you feel like he understands that because after losses, he sat there. After the loss against San Francisco where they got dismantled, he said, he man, I feel like we're an evenly matched team. Yeah. And, and, and they just got us this day. It's like, what? what? What on the tape showed you that? Nothing on the tape said that. And then you sit here, and your offense played well enough to win this game. There was a few plays here and there that I'm sure they wish they could have back. But defensively, you gave up 28 points, and you have to play better than that. There are Super Bowl-caliber teams that gave that give up more than 28 points over the course of the season with dominant defense. I hear you. Come on now. I Richard. hear you. But I, we don't, I, after, after those games, you don't say, I feel more confident. I'm not, if we gave up 28 points in a loss, as a dominant defense, as our defense, as a leader of that team, 
Richard Sherman, Cam Chancellor, Earl Thomas, Bobby oh, Wagner, gosh. Michael Bennett, Cliff Avery, we can go down the line. None of them are saying we no. feel more confident after this game. It, it don't matter even if we approach, are. approach, though. Okay, but That's not this young man's approach. No. Keyshawn, He's approaching it differently. Keyshawn, for many years, I covered the Dallas Cowboys coached by Tom Landry. For many years, mm -hmm. I covered the Dallas Cowboys coached by Jimmy Johnson. Trust me on this. If they had lost a game like that under Landry or Jimmy, Players are fearing for their jobs the next day. Absolutely. They're fearing the film session under oh, yeah. Landry for sure. He ain't going no. nowhere, though, so he doesn't okay. need to fear. Okay. Michael Parsons, no, they get ready to give him I, a truckload. They so, get ready to back it up. Right. <clears throat> what I hate the most is this perception that under Jerry Jones, the Cowboys are a country club football team. <laughs> that the, there's no, and you played there, and you played uh, under, you, okay. Plead the right. fifth. You plead the fifth, all right. <laughs> and that they're... There's nobody there to hold players accountable. That's very there's true. no fear factor. That's very true. There, there's no, I might lose my job over That's this, or true. somebody's going to ream me out over this because Mike McCarthy scares nobody. Jerry wants to befriend the players. That's, that's he wants true. to be Uncle Jerry. The last Daddy coach they Jerry. had that was like that was Parcells. He was Parcells. I yeah. totally agree. I, I got you. But I, I grade against this. This I, I want to call it a myth, but it's not a myth because it's the truth. This country club atmosphere that it, that emanates from Jerry on down through the locker room in which there's a right. comfort zone in which losing is tolerated. And I, I, I don't want think losing to, is tolerated, Skip. Well, I don't think losing well, is tolerated. Well, you to these young the men, fifth, I look, so to these look, young look, men, it's I, don't, a I don't know if it's tolerated. I just think, like, like it's a sense of entitlement a little bit. Like, if the Kansas City Chiefs defense, if they said something like that, this championship teams, these are championship teams that, that are, have been in Super Bowl or championship games, yeah. said something like this, said, hey, we've, we've weathered this storm before. Hey, we, we saw we can do better, and we're going to be better. Then you have, a, you have a different equity with me. You have a different equity to speak from. you got playoff championship experience. You've been in Super Bowls. You know what it feels like. You know what it looks like. It sounds like he knows what it looks like and he knows what it feels like, but you don't. You haven't been there. You haven't been in the big games. You haven't been on a team that's taken it all the way to the promised land. So for you to say, I feel more confident after this after this loss to the Philadelphia Eagles, this is a divisional opponent. So it's not yeah. like when the Tampa Bay Buccaneers played them and y'all play them every year, twice a year, and y'all know each other like the back of your hands. Like, this is going to be a tough game regardless. They're going to have a tough game against the Washington Commanders, I would believe, just because it's a divisional game, not because they're matched up well. So for you to say that, so we're after giving up 28 points. You, you, you play defensive back, and you did it at a very, very high level. Uh, you, you didn't go in to come out of a game saying, damn, if I would have planned and it just drove on that, I could have took it to the house. You didn't come out of a game saying that without watching the film? You didn't know what you did I, I, wrong? You didn't, you, you didn't say to yourself, if I would have just spilled it and turned it back inside, you, you didn't do that? If, if it was a fifth, we'd all be drunk. I didn't say it after games where I'm sitting here like, man, uh, man we, were, we were better than them today. If I would have just did that, no, you, I don't need got, to say it to the media. I can say it to my teammates. We can watch the tape and say, hey, we can now, correct this. Richard, this is his delivery. This is how he approaches it. This is how he approaches You say he thinks that he's already been there before. I don't take that from him at all. I just don't. Mm. I don't take that he thinks that he's been there before when he hasn't. He's been in these situations on losing games and bouncing back. He lost to the 49ers, and they won, what, two in a row after that? After the 49ers? I think they won the Chargers and the Rams. So he obviously learned from the 49ers game. 
That's all I'm saying. Or they just played worse teams. And, and, well, that and could it could be, be worse too, teams. But well, that could be true, this too. Is, this is a team that's 8-1 and one that, that you, would have been a statement game. Again, a barometer measuring stick game. Another barometer measuring stick game that you take an L in and you, and you sit there and come out afterwards and say, you felt like, I feel better after this game. It's like, I just, just don't understand it. Sure, you can feel that way. I have no problem with you feeling that way, saying, hey, a play here, a play there, and we could have, this, this result could have been different. But you're saying I feel more confident. You took the L. Like, say we can get better and we can play better defensively. Our so offense it sounds, like to, me, to it sounds like to me you really have an issue with his choice of words more so than him talking to the media. Uh, 100%. Okay. Keyshawn, he comes across as delusional as you accuse me and Michael of being. And, and that's a problem because... No, he didn't say he was going to the Super Bowl. You knuckleheads say y'all going to the Super Bowl. Okay. That ain't what he said. It's a long season. You know, <laughs> we're just getting started here. That's what you keep telling me about everything, right? You, you are... Look, man. Okay. They're five and three, Skip. Right. Here's my point. Maybe it ain't my team, is, so I don't this, care. Maybe this is old school, but I want the leader of the team spitting a little fire after a game like that, saying that was unacceptable we missed too many plays. We, we even had a false start. It was first and five at the six-yard line with 27 seconds left, and we false start. It is, it okay. is, it is old thinking, Skip. Yeah. There is no Michael Irvin's in okay. there. There is no Keyshawn Johnson's third person. I, yes, there's none. I, I there's no Ray Lewis's coming through that building. I don't like the, the message sent to the rest of the locker room. It's okay. It's okay. But we'll but, be okay. Well, I will that, you? That, that's the message, Key. Yeah. That's the message, and that's why we got a problem with it. Like, because at some point, it's not okay, and I got to take responsibility. I'm not going to put the point the finger at nobody else. Like, hey, I got to be better. That's what leaders do, it, it, for better or for worse. You say, I, I, hey, I don't see where he was pointing game, the finger at anybody. I, I don't see that he was pointing the finger. I'm not saying he was. I'm saying he has to point it at himself as a leader of this team so that everybody else can understand it's going to be okay. Hey, our leader says, hey, we got to be better. If our leader says, hey, he feels way more confident after this game, then it feels like everybody, we did a good enough job. Uh, yeah, come on now. We did a great job, guys. We lost, but it's all right. Our leader said he feels confident still. Like, Micah, what? I know you either listening or you will be hearing this. Do me a favor. Go in the locker room and tell everybody y'all got to do better and you go and do better. Just do that for me. So I don't have to listen to these two dudes, please. Just, just please do that. Come out with your hair on fire and let everybody know that you the man and you ain't having it. That way I don't have to deal with Skip and I don't have to deal with Richard. Micah, know this. Keyshawn wants you to lose, so he's happy with what you said because he knows in his heart of hearts it's the worst thing you could say to your team. So thank you for that. The headline on a story written by Howard Beck for The Ringer is headlined, James Harden can't win his legacy back. Subheadline, there's no denying Harden is one of the greatest players of his generation, but after forcing three trades in less than three years and burning everything down along the way, it's unlikely people will remember him best for what he did on the floor. Keyshawn, I'm pretty sure from what you said earlier in the show, you vehemently disagree with this premise. Absolutely. Yeah. I totally disagree. And what did he burn down? That, that, that's right. what I, like, what did he burn down? He went to a team in Brooklyn, as I said before, that they played 16 games together. It fell completely apart. It never materialized. It never, go, it never went anywhere. 
So how do you burn something down that was never built? Think about it. Kyrie wasn't there, didn't want to be there. It was all the unrest, the things that we were going through in 2020. Then you talk about uh, Kevin. Kevin didn't want to be there. Kevin was in and out. He was like, oh, he had to go. That came later. Yeah, Yeah, but it was all part of it. Mm -hmm. It it was something that was boiling to a point where he went over to London to meet with Joe Sy, the the owner, to say, man, I want out of here. Trade me. And so when you look at all of that, it's like, what's the problem? Now you go to Philadelphia and it doesn't work out. And him and Durham Morey, the general manager, president of the team or whatever his title is, they had a falling out. So he doesn't want to be in the building. It wasn't about his teammates. It was about the front office and dealing with them on a daily basis. Mm. And then in terms, of, in terms of his legacy, what is his legacy? Because when I look at it, here's a guy who's an MVP in 2017-18, three-time scoring champ, two-time assist leader, six-time NBA first team, six-time all-NBA first team. One of only 11 active NBA players to be on the 75th anniversary team. So what what, what you going to do? You going to take all that away from him? No. You going to strip him of that? No. And say he is what? Well, as the piece points out, there's a big difference between accomplishments and legacy. Well, his, yeah, his, I, don't, his, I don't know. I don't know. I, I can't take advice from people who have no legacy. So I, I, I can't, it's hard for me to hear that from people that don't have a legacy to defend. Um, I, I'm not going to go that every, hard on him, Richard. I'm not going to do him like that. that. I'm not going to do him like that. I'm just pointing out the facts that if, in fact, he winds up, Skip and Richard, mm-hmm. winning an NBA title, whether it's this year, next year, the year after with the Clippers, then what, what are you going to do? What are you going to say? What are you going to yeah, say, oh, the guy was nothing? Like, the, every yeah, team I mean, that he's been on, he's, he's done well. He's done well. Except they, there's been issues with all the different teams for a number of reasons. You can't hold that against him. We're looking at his play. No. Your legacy is defined by how you play, I would think. That's the way I look at it, Skip. Okay. No, I'm not going to give yeah. him the pass that you give him. And, That's okay. And with you don't all the have rest to. Of it, you, you know, don't have I, to. I'm not going to give him that. What I am going to give him is everything you mentioned: the sixteen, six-time first-team All NBA, all the, the the three-time scoring champion, three-time assist leader. Like he is a great player, one of the greatest players of his generation. He's a Hall of Fame player. That is his legacy. They that is what that it's going to be. No, he ain't regardless. going to the Hall. Nobody, nobody's going to remember. You know, at the end of the day, nobody's going to remember how many times he switched teams or this, that, and the third in 20, 40, 50 years when he. He's a Hall of Famer with the rest of these people. And just, oh, everybody's talking about James Harden. What did he do well? It's like, man, he was a step-back king, man. He could put the ball in the basket. He could, he could dish it. They're not going to be sitting here like, man, remember that time he got into it with, with the GM or he left the Houston Houston Rockets and he, he did this and nobody's going to give a dang about that. So I, I hate when people say stuff like that. If he wins a championship with, with this team, they're going to remember him as a champion. Um, on top of everything else that he's done, I'm not going to, you know, I wouldn't give him a pass on everything in in terms of just how we talk about him right now and just having a conversation. But in terms of long-term legacy, they'll remember the things that are lasting and the things that you were great at. And those things are the positive things that you just mentioned. I mean, he's not no criminal. He hasn't done anything off the court that that would sully his name or anything like that. I mean, he has a little bit of a good time off the court, it seems like. But, you know, ain't nobody nobody worried about that. Well, everybody, man. Look, not everybody, because I don't want to say everybody, because I don't need your social media friend Skip saying, Keisha, I said everybody. But people in professional world, sports, doctors, lawyers, whatever you want to call them, 
They have good times, man. That's what they do, and they go do their job. Okay, that's the reality of life that we live in. I'm not giving him a pass, Skip, mm. at all whatsoever. All I'm trying to do is bring some real context to his career. Okay. Opposed to just saying all right. he blew up the Brooklyn Nets. It was his fault. That's the, It's crazy because one minute it was all Kyrie. The next minute is all James Harden. Like, which one is it? It was a Kyrie fault that the Nets went in the direction they went in? Or was it James Harden's fault that they went in the direction they went in? Is it James Harden's fault that the Sixers are, uh, were in the position that they've been in over the last couple years? Or was it Doc Rivers' fault? Like, let's make up our mind when we're judging individuals about okay. their performance in what they do and where they've been. Please, right. let's do that. Okay. And please allow me, Richard, to say to you, the man who wrote this piece is highly respected, highly regarded, longtime analyst of the NBA, and he did not play in the NBA, but Howard Beck is pretty good at what he does. So he has, some, he has some cachet. So let's not completely dismiss him, even though I agree with your point. He has no NBA legacy, obviously, so he doesn't know he hasn't experienced that part of it. But he does break down a timeline of, of James burning down places that he has been. And I found it very interesting and enlightening because just quickly, obviously wanted out Oklahoma City because he wasn't even starting for the Thunder and he wanted to go to the Rockets and they said, okay, we'll make that happen. And he goes to the Rockets. Wait, let me stop you, Skip. Yeah. You said he wanted out, mm -hmm. but let's tell the whole story of why he wanted out other than he wasn't starting. Yeah. They did not want to pay the luxury tax. No, they didn't. Okay. okay. I just, but, but I, I he just wanted, wanted to be a max player, so he wanted to be a starting player, and he got to go to Houston, and he got that. And he earned you it. don't want to be a max commentator? Okay. Okay. Hell yeah, you do. Okay. I, I got it. <laughs> but I'm just starting. I'm, I'm only on the okay, first I just, one. I, I'm okay. sorry, man. I just, you know, you got me All right. So then he wanted Dwight Howard, and then he didn't want Dwight Howard, so they dumped Dwight Howard. And then... He said, okay, get me CP3, and they got him CP3, and then he grew tired of CP3, and they got rid of CP3 and brought in Russell Westbrook. Then he got tired of Westbrook, and he said, I want out. And then he winds up in Brooklyn, and listen, that Brooklyn saga is very complex, what happened, but James contributed some to it because right away he decided, I don't want to be here because Kyrie doesn't want to be here. And when Kyrie started having his issues, James just folded his tent. He just said, I'm out. I don't even want to try to play. And the, They're the, trying to get Kyrie yeah. to do certain things, yeah, and it was I an issue. It. So James said, man, I can't – he doesn't want to listen to us. Okay. I got to go. All right, and he just wouldn't even play. My hamstrings pulled. He, he went on and on. My hamstrings pulled. I, I can't play. I can't play. I can't play. And the one great series that Kevin Durant had there was against Milwaukee going back, what are we now, three years ago. It was unbelievable the what the, the – the display, the masterpieces that he wrought in that, what was it, game five that was so sensational. And the point was he was doing it without Kyrie and without James because James was out there on one leg and looked like a shell of himself. And then we, we get into Howard Beck writing about there, there's no precedent for what, what he has done to force his way out of situation after situation because it got so bad in Philadelphia that he wanted Doc fired, and they fired him, thinking that James would stay on 
this year and play for the Sixers without Doc. Well, that's the but first. No? The first. Okay. The, this, this is the first I heard that he wanted Doc fired. Well, and he fired him. It's the first what I Howard heard. Howard wrote. Of okay. No, no, I understand. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not disputing okay. that. It's just the first I heard of. Okay. It. And Howard Beck's conclusion is it's possible that no all-time great has squandered so much talent and goodwill in such a short time because he has played with six surefire Hall of Famers as James Harden and abandon all six of them, and that doesn't count what he's doing now, and the clock is probably ticking on how long he'll be happy with the Clippers. I hope I'm so wrong Howard, about that. So Howard says he squandered his talent? Mm-hmm. Squandered How- the talent he's played oh, with. Oh, okay. Yeah. okay. And, and remember, we, we don't even have enough show to go into all of James's epic fails in postseason series. That Just recently, just last year, but how does yeah. this? But how does okay, this? But think about what he did against Boston. He's forty-five at Game One, and yeah. I'm like, whoa, because I love the Sixers last but year. But how does this affect? Yeah. How does this affect? Legacy. How does this affect his legacy? That's already etched in stone for the most part. Okay, how does but it affect it? That's negatively etched in stone because he has nothing to show I'm, I'm a, for for his I, I, postseason. I, 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 right? I'm gonna let you know something. I'm gonna let you know something, Skip. There's a lot of NBA surefire Hall of Famers that don't have anything to show, any sure. hardware, no, I got team it. hardware to show for it. He has individual hardware. He has he individual does. accolades. That's why his legacy will be remembered that way. He will be a great player in this generation. So I, I hear what he's well, saying, me, but, but all of that will be irrelevant and erroneous. Let me let me ask you this though, Skip. It won't be erroneous, but it'll be irrelevant. You can argue that. You are. uh, Well, it it won't stop him from getting into the whole thing. Okay. Well, no, I. He's first ballot as you can get. So, as a basketball historian, savant that you are, well educated in diverse in many different sports areas, I must say, is Kevin Durant's legacy going to be tainted, according to Howard, based on? Him going from OKC to to Golden State, from Golden State to Brooklyn, from Brooklyn now to Phoenix, and who knows where else he may land. Is his legacy going to be tainted? Okay, remember. I'm just asking. But but I'm going to answer your question, not for Howard, but from my perspective. Yeah, Kevin left Russ because he decided, as I told you earlier in the show, I can't win a championship. He was going into year 10. I can't win a championship with him as my primary decision maker. He loves Russ. It's like his little brother. And I still think that even though they clashed a little bit after he left, I still think they're they're cool with each other. But he joined a team okay. that beat them that won 72 okay. games I, I, a year before. I got you. That team got on a private plane and flew all the way to the tip of Long Island before yeah. the 4th of July to get down on bended knee to say, you've got to come save us from that monster up in Cleveland, that LeBron James, because we can't beat him. We need you to beat him for us. And Kevin goes in there with the weight of the NBA world on his slender shoulders. And he rose up and shone and he won me completely over because in back-to-back finals, especially in game threes in LeBron's house, he outplayed LeBron twice and won finals MVP. He, he won you over after you raked him over the coals for joining a team that won I didn't rake the games. him. No, I, well, I okay, liked it. I, I, no, I, I defended I'll it. I'll scratch that then. Yeah. You didn't. Many of your colleagues they did. did. Oh, everybody And did. so uh, the reason I ask this is because he bounced around too. Mm-hmm. He joined a team. And I don't care because I, me, I'm going to join a team. If I was back in the day and I could play for the Dallas Cowboys and they was winning championships and yeah. Michael's on the other side of me. I'm there going to be a cowboy. My God. Let me replace Alvin Harper and play with Troy in them. How about them Cowboys? Yep. <laughs> Maybe you would have won some hardware, right? Yeah. How about we would have won yeah. five or six in a row because I'd have calmed so. Michael down a little bit. Maybe. Been, we wouldn't have been out there just right. having a good time. Okay. But I'm, right I'm, but I'm serious, though. 
if you if you just look at it, you can't define this young man's legacy based on him going to other teams. That's just you are deliberately Howard's deliberately picking on, in my opinion, picking on James Harden for whatever reason. Yeah, I'm not you know, in the I, NBA circle I, I, like I do, that. I do think this. I think this is more of a fan perspective than an ex-player perspective. That may I be think true. you guys are defending him because you're relating to him. You're identifying with him. And you see the greatness, because the greatness, it was on display last night. He well, wasn't even I, in shape. I, 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 it was I'm, on I'm identifying with him because it's ridiculous how yeah. people think and how people write right. stories and look at things. That's why yeah. I'm defending the situation. And, and, and he's telling a story in a way that's trying to diminish what this man has done because he's saying that this stuff should diminish what he has done. And that, that is frustrating because what he has done is concrete, etched in stone, great player. And he's saying he shouldn't be looked at as great of a player because he left these organizations. And it's like, man, stop. Coaches okay. leave all the time. Okay, but Richard, can you defend his postseason legacy? No. No, but I don't no, have but, to. But, but, I, I yeah, don't have to. Yeah. His legacy yeah. is going to be Hall of Fame basketball player. And that is about as good as you can get. There are champion, multiple championship players. There are there's the Jordan. I mean, yeah, you talk about Bill Russell and all the championships he won. Cool, I hear you. But Hall of Fame, there's only one of them, and he'll be in it. And and think about this, Skip. And this will probably burn your rear end up. Charles Barkley won a championship, and he won the greatest small forward, power forwards to ever play the game. Period. I mean, Stockton and Malone didn't win. Period. I mean, we, we can go down. Stockton didn't win. Stockton didn't win. Yeah, but they, of, they ran the, into the goat twice. We not nobody talking about Michael Jordan, man. Well, that's why he didn't. Oh God, stop! They were. And he ran into Golden State. That's yeah. why he didn't win in Houston. Now. Hmm. Mm. Now, All right. can you defend those last two games he played for Philly last year? Woo. If I could seven throw, if, I, if I had water in this cup right now, I'd, I know. 